This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series and specifically our show in which we're doing a QA. Um, because you can never have enough of QAs, can you, basically? And uh, we didn't get to do our usual one on a Friday. Typically, we do these shows on a Friday at 5 pm. We weren't able to do that um, because I was at a wedding yesterday, not my own. I've stressed that several times, and yet some people seem to believe that it still was my own, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> it was certainly not my money's next year, for those that were asking. But uh, yeah, I managed to get up fairly fresh this morning, managed to uh, do the 8 a.m. transfer show, despite a couple of technical difficulties. And now we've driven back, and we're back home, and that's why you can see me in front of the green screen properly as well. Um, so it was pretty good, pretty chill. The upper half suffered a lot more than I did. It's amazing how, like, when you spread out your day, you don't feel the effects as anywhere near as hard the next morning. And that's why I was very happy to do. I was still kind of going throughout the day knowing that I had an 8 a.m. show, and that certainly was in my mind as we approach that. But uh, thank you, everyone, that joined in this uh, uh, this morning. And apologies for the, the technical difficulties with that show this morning. None of that was my fault. All of it was StreamYards, so I can only apologise. Anyway, before we kick on with today's Q&A and, and the phone-in as well, I'm really excited because we're going to bring the phone-in back and we've got a few people coming on the show. If you are interested, of course, in having a point of view put across or you've got something you feel like you want to say, then you can just send us a DM over at the Talk TV and we'll try our best to get you on the show and get your thoughts and feelings heard. But today's show is sponsored uh, by a brand new sponsor today and the Arsenal Pick, and rather pick your team by the ArsenalReview.com. Um, really interesting game, this. This is one of those, if you're not really into your fantasy football, this is going to be a quite a fun one for you this season. We, we do like our Arsenal-related sponsors here at TGT, and this is no different. Uh, in the Pick Your Team 
game by the Arsenal Review, effectively what you need to do is you need to put yourself in the mind of Mikel Arteta, which is not the easiest thing in the world. And what you get to do is that every single Premier League game and cup competition is your job to try and predict what Mikel Arteta is going to do. So you get your team and you go through it. So if you want to pick Leno for your goalkeeper, which I think is probably against Brentford, which is the first game, as you can see, coming up, it's most likely going to be Leno in goal. I'll go through some other positions. We start off with left-back. We can probably think that's going to be Tierney on the right-hand side. I think it's going to be Chambers. I'm not going to reveal any more of my team because... The winner of this season gets £1,000. And there are other prizes as well in this draw as well. If you do fancy having a go at this predictor throughout the whole season, maybe we can get a members league going as well. But there's going to be a global leaderboard and the winner of that league will indeed win themselves £1,000. Uh, it's free to play. Uh, there's, there's no catch with that as far as I'm aware. It's a free to play game. All you need to do is make yourself an account, go on there and uh, and play it every single week. Predict what team Mikel Arteta is going to play. And, uh, and you could win yourself a lot of money at the end of the season. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be as competitive as I possibly can be for this throughout the season. So make sure you get involved as well. And you can make me look like a right mug by predicting these better than I can. Link is in the description to go and have a play ahead of Brentford's game. And as I said, for those that really aren't into fancy football or still do like fancy football, but it is a lot of effort to be thinking about injuries, thinking about the whole league and every single team. This is very much for you Arsenal-focused people. So make sure you give it a check out link is in the description and i'm sure i'll be able to give you some more uh feelings and thoughts about this in the shows to come throughout the week leading up to the first game and of course it's going to be really great to kind of marry this in with our preview show with the members and getting their predicted lineups into the arsenal pick your team from the arsenal review every single season so make sure you give it a check out and uh and sign up and uh, it's free to play so you know have a go at it um anyway this is our Q&A show, and so we are going to get through as many thoughts and feelings and comments from you guys as feasibly possible. So if you do have a big question, then please do throw them into the chat box, and we're going to get through some. I'm also going to throw my link out to some people that will be wanting to come on the show and have their thoughts heard on the channel as well. They're going to be coming in with some topics of discussion, and we're going to try and get through as many of them as we can. But we are going to kick off with your questions. And we do start with Wilson, who says, who do we prefer, Madison or Bernardo Silva? Now, you may have seen some links to... Manchester City's Bernardo Silva, as uh, the citizens are kind of, you know, top heavy in regards to how many attacking quality players they have. Phil Foden is there. And of course, they brought in Jack Grealish for a lot of money. You've got Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez. You've got these guys. There's so many of them in those positions. Kevin De Bruyne, of course, famously as well. And it does look like Bernardo Silva could be surplus and supposedly possibly even wanting to leave. And Arsenal have, as you would expect, wanting an attacking and creative midfielder, been linked to Bernardo Silva. Do I, do I want him? I mean, if you're offering me Bernardo Silva, he's a brilliant player. And I certainly would be very interested in signing him. Is he better than Madison? I'm not sure. And I like the fact that Madison is homegrown. I don't know how much of a difference there would be between their prices as well. Bernardo Silva is also slightly older. So there's that to factor in. But that does mean that you can probably hit the ground running a bit better than Madison. And he's doing it at the top of his game for a massive club in the league as well. With Madison, though, you've got kind of catch-22. You either give them... 60-odd million quid, do you think that benefits them? Or you're taking away one of their better players as we try and compete for a top-four place with them. So it's an interesting position. I think at the moment I'm leading towards a Madison, but if you said I was getting Bernardo Silva at Arsenal this season, I certainly, certainly would not um, <laughs> be annoyed or frustrated with that whatsoever. Hello, Yassir. Good to have you in the chat, mate. Uh, let's go for Saeed, who says... 
Do you think Ramsdale is a smokescreen for Onana? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he's a smokescreen at all. I very much feel like Arsenal are interested in Ramsdale. We know that they've bid for Ramsdale. We're expecting another bid to go in for him as well. I think Arsenal have kind of got very much the idea of a, of a homegrown th- uh, second-choice keeper as their main focus this summer in that area of the pitch. And I, I don't think it's a smokescreen. I think Ramsdale's definitely at the top of their list and he's a, a player that the club seemingly want to bring in. So there is there is that to obviously consider as well. Let's go to PAPP who says, Tom, if you put Ramsdale in the best defence last season, how do you think he would have done? I have absolutely no idea because there's no way of knowing. I can simply say to you, yeah, maybe he probably would have done a lot better. But at the end of the day, he's known for his shot stopping. He's better at distributing, we believe anyway, than Leno. Uh, and we have done a, a tactical breakdown on him, which he, it didn't come out amazingly well, especially not £26 million well. Um, but maybe he would do better with a better defence. You would expect him to do better with a better defence in front of him. And he had to kind of shoulder a lot of the weight of Sheffield United and Bournemouth and all the teams that he's pretty much played for and won the player of the season for the teams he's played for for the last three years. So he is a highly rated guy. He's clearly a very decent keeper. I'm just not sure it's... I just don't think it makes much sense for Arsenal to spend £26 million on a backup keeper. So there you go. Uh, Vishal says, Hi, Tom. Chelsea have wrapped up Lukaku, and that means that Lataro Martinez is off the table. I don't think it does necessarily, but I'd be surprised if they did let him leave after getting the money in for Lukaku. What are your thoughts on this, and what alternatives do you think we should look at? Now, I don't necessarily think that we would really always intending on going for a striker this summer. I think the fact that Lataro Martinez was available at that moment in time when we were inquiring about Bellerin's situation with Inter led the club to kind of think about that as a possibility because it was available to us. I don't necessarily think it means that we were going for him, so we're opening up for another striker. Tammy Abraham has, of course, been mentioned. But just because we don't get Martinez doesn't mean that we will definitely be going in for another striker. I'm not sure that's the case. In terms of alternatives in the striking position, there isn't, I mean, there's for that kind of caliber of player, there's not loads that are out there and, and readily available. You look at someone like Dusan Vlahovic at Fiorentina as another really hot young uh, kind of prospect uh, that's coming through. And he's definitely hot on the market and definitely someone that's inviting a lot of interest from plenty of teams. I just don't, I just don't think there's loads of options for Arsenal this summer in regards to striker profiles. And it's maybe worth waiting a year with Lacazette at the club, with added creativity from a number 10 that we bring in, and then push forward with that. I don't think striker is a big priority. But if it was an option to sign player of Latara Martinez's quality, then that does certainly change things. Um, so I am going to send in to Vinny uh, our first link. Um, so hopefully he's going to see that and he's going to be in very, very soon. But let's get a couple of questions whilst he is sorting himself out. Uh, Darren says, uh, would you prefer Madison or Erdogan? I think Madison, if you're offering me the straight two, I would pick. In regards to a 35 million Erdogan or a 70 million Madison, I would choose Erdogan based on the price and then being able to kind of go in for a different player, if that makes sense. But I don't think that it's worth the extra 35 million pounds to necessarily go in for someone else. Anyway, let's bring in our first uh, guest of the day. And I'm very happy to be joined by Vinny. How you doing, mate? Are you good? Are you well? Uh, Very well, thank you. Glad it's the weekend and relaxing. Can you hear me all right? I can, mate. I don't know why I was on a complete wrong screen. It's like this. It's going over our forehead. I don't know why I've done that. (laughs) Everyone would just see a big white ball on the screen. You do that to me. (laughs) You good, though? All things are well. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, 
the the main talking point I wanted to sort of bring up was I think um, a lot of people are panicking at the moment where we are obviously playing our first game next Friday and we've still got three weeks left of the window. And mm. I, th- I think we need to judge Adu and we need to judge the club when it gets to the end of the transfer window rather than now. I think the, the in, if you look at our team, our first team's a decent team. Uh, when, we, when we go out against Brentford next week, we're going to have Pepe maybe on one wing, Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka, Ober up top. The, the weakest point with party being out is probably Xhaka and hopefully Lakonga and not Alnani. Um, but then our defence is the same as last year and our keeper's the same as last year. I think the issue you've got is when players get injured, that's our issue because our depth yeah. is just appalling. Like, we haven't got a backup goalkeeper. The, the, the worry that Alnani might start the first game because party's out injured just shows that we need to go out and bring in some depth. And the same probably at attacking midfield as well. Do you not think there's an argument to say that we had this idea that Arteta and Edu had this plan, this fabled plan before the whole transfer window opened. And and we're now less than a week away to the first game. And we've got three huge games. Brentford are no mugs. They they did really well in the championship last season and they are going to be a test for us on on Friday. You've then got Chelsea and Man City. You say that it's we need to wait to the end of the window to, to judge, but it's it's not great, I don't think, to, to be this kind of only one kind of main signing brought in. Lukonga's great, and I think he's got a great future ahead of him. Tavares is, is certainly a left-back that's a backup to Tierney. And I don't think Lukonga's going to come in and start, although I think he should if we don't sign a central midfielder. I would start him over Elneny. But do you not think that, that they, they've maybe underestimated how difficult it was going to be to move players on, which was obviously needed to then bring players in this window? I think it's circumstance that the whole market's slow at the moment and deals are slowly starting to pick up now. The teams mm. in France don't have money. The teams in Spain and Italy don't have money. And we've got players that we want to get rid of who are on a lot higher wages than a lot of the clubs in Europe are willing to pay. So it's difficult to move the players on. But I think as we get closer to the end of the window, teams are going to drop their valuations, players are going to move on and the dominoes are going to start to fall. If we if we go and pay now, the teams that are paying now are overpaying. Like Teams like Man City, Chelsea, they can afford to go and splash loads of cash. Our, our money is a lot tighter than theirs, so we have to be a lot more shrewd in the market. I agree with you. It is about being shrewd. It is about kind of getting in the players that are going to improve upon the certain positions. And what's annoying, though, is that shrewdness that we've talked about, I think there has been opportunities to be shrewd that we've not necessarily taken. I think a Gimaraish at £30 million is a very decent deal that maybe we should have gone for sooner. Uh, some people would argue a Hussein Alwar. I mean, you know my feelings on him, but it's not the same as everyone else's. Him at a very kind of lower figure was... Is, is for for a lot of people thinking we should have done that. Uh, the right-back situation, obviously, I have more sympathy because we have effectively five options in there. We have Bellerin and Cedric and Chambers and Maitland-Niles and Ben White who could play there. So I'm less concerned about us not going for a right-back until we've moved one out. But I do feel like there has been opportunities, especially in that central midfield, which, as you said, looks so weak going into those first couple of games, especially now Partey's injured that we probably could have done something earlier in that area. 
Well, centre midfield's interesting because it's basically the same centre midfield as last year. Party out injured, which is the same as last year. <laughs> um, Xhaka. And then you've got Alneni, who was in the squad as one of our backups last year. And then you've got Laconga instead of Ceballos. And Ceballos was dreadful last year, so he's probably an upgrade on him already. I think yeah. with, with Bruno, people forget that he's still playing in the Olympics. So yeah. well, well, I think Very they won. Go- I think they won gold today. So maybe some, maybe something's happened there, and it's going to be done in the background. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I actually hold my hands up. That's that you completely. I mean, yeah, but, it makes sense that we wouldn't go for said. But I mean, he's not obviously the only one. There, there are Guillermo Rodriguez was playing at the Copa America, but maybe would be someone you could bring in now. And, and we're seeing players kind of return from that. You've also, also got the Lucas Torreira situation, which isn't being sorted. We heard from Ainsley Maitland Niles that he a couple of weeks ago was completely unaware of what the club were going to do with him from the interview that whether you like the interview or not, and I'm not a big fan yeah. of it, but it happened. And he did tell us that he, he didn't really was none the wiser. You've also got this Joe Willock situation, which we keep being told by Newcastle is they're waiting on Arsenal to make a decision. It just does seem like there's a lot of hesitation, and a lot of indecision. Do you not feel behind the scenes right now? Uh, well, interesting you said Awar a minute ago. If mm. if we signed Awar and we sold Willock, I would find Dadu and slap him because I would be that. <laughs> I would be that fuming, especially 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 as a club we're like concentrating on building a homegrown team. Yeah. But people rave about Emil Smith Rowe, and I think Emil Smith Rowe potentially has a better upside than Willock, sure. but he's a he's a year he's a year younger. He's pe- he played 20-odd games last season and scored two goals, whereas Willock is, was consistently scoring last year. It, it yeah. takes time for a player to, va- to develop, and I think we need to give Willock a chance. I know a lot of fans don't say he's, uh, say maybe he's not technical enough, but yeah. we get the ball to the byline all the time. And then when we put the ball in the box, there's never anyone there. And creating space for yourself in the box is something that's almost impossible to teach players like michael owen for years were just incredible at popping up at the right time in the right place and and finishing it and willock went on loan scored eight in eight and then people are still saying let's get rid of him for 20 million when he's homegrown and like one game back i know it's a pre-season friendly and i know the game is a lot more open but we get the ball to the byline Who's on the edge of the box ready to hit it in? And it's a perfect finish as well. So yeah, yeah. For, for, for me, for 20 million, if we sell him, I, I think that's criminal. I, I, I do sort of understand that if we, if we need to use that money to bring in someone like Madison or Odegaard and we manage to get him back. But for me, I just wouldn't want to sell him. I think he needs to be given a chance. Yeah, I, I do agree in the sense. I think that... The only thing that changes my mind on on the Joe Willock thing is is the lack of sales elsewhere, and that may be forcing our hand. Especially if, say, we sell Willock, and that means we can get a Madison. If if we sold Willock and did nothing, I would be fuming about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it it certainly is to do with that. Anyway, so, thank you. Go on, Vinny. Very quickly. I, I, I was just going to say the Terrara ones are really interesting conversation because, like, I really like him as a player, but then I also understand that, like. He's been unsettled at the club. But one thing that was quite interesting, when he was talking about his career not too long ago, he was saying that he needs to, needed to see a psychiatrist and stuff like that about not yeah. playing. Maybe he's a sort of player that you start giving him some game time, he finally finds his feet and becomes happy again. But for me, for me, we should sell him, right? Yeah. But if we can't get any money for him, he improves our centre and midfield 
against last season. Because if you if you go into this year and you have Party, Xhaka, Torreira and Lokonga, that's better than what we had last season. And I think he'd do a great job alongside Party if we can make him happy. Yeah, it's just such a it's such a volatile and unstable situation, isn't it? So we can't yeah. ever put any kind of <laughs> hedge our bets on it, really, because it's it's so difficult. And he's, I mean, he's not even returned yet from 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 training, so we don't even know. And he and he had that horrific um, family issue with his mum as well, which like you you can't explain how difficult that's going to be for someone's life. And the first thing you do is blame your job when something bad happens in your job, in, in your life. So yeah. think, fingers crossed he can sort his head out and he's happy either at us or somewhere else in the future. Definitely. Thank you, Vinny, for your time this afternoon. I hope you've enjoyed your brief spell and uh, I'm sure we'll see you again very soon. Cool. See you later, mate. Take see care. Later, mate. Bye, everyone. Fantastic day. See you later, mate. Thanks. Awesome. So a massive thank you to Vinny for helping us out there and raising that point. Are people reacting too quickly at the moment? Are people overreacting to the point where we've got a week left? We've made a couple of signings. There is a lot of the window still to go, and there are a lot of teams that are still yet to do big business. Obviously, we are now seeing Chelsea move quite heavily for, for Lukaku. We're seeing Man City go get Grealish, and we're seeing Manchester United getting their big players. But I, whilst they are certainly teams that Arsenal need to target to get into the top four, it is certainly some of the other teams around us that, that we need to be more aware of. And we have spent £75 million in this window already. That kind of does go under the table, but there are a number of positions that Arsenal certainly need to, to kind of get their finger out for, that's for sure. Uh, Aditya says, hey, Tom, uh, however our transfer market business turns out to be, what and how, according to you, uh, the Amazon series will affect our season, considering much of the squad is quite young. I don't necessarily think the Amazon series is going to have a huge effect on the season. I, I really don't. I mean, Manchester City had it. They won the league. Spurs had it. They didn't win anything. But, you know, that's pretty regular for both teams. And I think with both of those teams having that, I don't necessarily think it was a big distraction. If anything, it was a financial gain for those because we know how much money is involved with that kind of situation as well. I just... The whole series and the psychological side of things, if anything, I feel like these players do thrive off the attention, thrive off that kind of situation. So if anything, you never know. It could even be better. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see that. That's for sure. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more to start because it says, Will Ramsdale, the mainstay for Arsenal in the next decade, Tom, uh, he's 23 and he's only going to get better. I mean, could he be a mainstay for us for the next 10 years? He is only 23. And that is a very young for a goalkeeper. And he's impressed in the places that he's been. And I think people associate the clubs that he's at with necessarily him being a negative or not necessarily a fantastic player. But for me, I just, I struggle with that. I struggle with the idea of saying that he shouldn't be brought in just as a player. Forget the money for a second. Like just say, just casting him aside as a, as a possible option at goalkeeper just because of the teams he plays for. I think he's ludicrous. The same way I think it's ludicrous to write off a Tammy Abraham just because he plays for Chelsea. It's when the figures and the finances come into this with Tammy Abraham, 40 million quid, no thank you. Ramsdale, 26 million, no thank you. Like I'm not interested in that type of amount of money, but to, to throw away a player, no matter who they are, just because of the club they play for, I find a little bit strange and a little bit obsessive around kind of the past and maybe because of the situation those clubs are currently in. Matt says, do you feel like we should consider lowering our price tags for players that we can't shift? I know that we moan about selling cheap. I'm just worried that we are going to keep playing, uh, or rather paying players off. 
look, the thing is, Matt, is that we find ourselves in a situation where we've got a lot of players that are just simply not worth a lot of money and that they're not very attractive for teams that want to really come in for, and especially teams that are going to want to pay the money associated with those kinds of players. You look at the Kalasinat situation, for instance. You've got a player there that is on a hundred plus thousand pounds per week, has not put in a, a ten thousand pound per week performance in, in a very long time. And that's a situation that's very difficult when he's got a year left on his deal and that would cost Arsenal around five million pounds to pay off. Yes, there's interest in Fenerbahce, but hopefully what can happen is that we can terminate that deal mutually. We won't have to pay anything. And then Fenerbahce can just sign him on a free. And yes, it's annoying that we've seen that happen again after it happened with Mustafi and Socrates. And it looks like it's going to happen to a similar way with maybe Genduzi. But Unfortunately, that's not the current regime's problem in the sense that they didn't cause that problem entirely. Yes, there's some guilty parties in regards to the Willian transfer, but I don't think anyone really thought he was going to be as bad as he has been. And it looks like a massive mistake. But the players that we have seen come in, like a Mustafi, 34 million on a player that, you know, was very questionable at the time. Socrates, 60 million on a centre-back when we could have really brought someone in that was better than him. You look at the player like Genduzi and that's how it's been handled. That's not because of recruitment. That's just the situation. And unfortunately, a player of an attitude, although you could technically argue, I suppose, that maybe you should have looked into how he was behind the scenes on a social level. And there were warning signs before he came to Arsenal. So maybe that is certainly something you can put the floor other people have recruited him, which was in part Sven Mizentat and, of course, Raul Sanyehi's involvement, not necessarily Edu. So, so that is that is certainly something to think about. Uh, we're going to try and get our next guest on very soon, but we're going to answer some more of your questions as uh, we approach. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the Arsenal Misfits. Uh, Arsenal Misfits, by the way, I've, I offered you the opportunity to come on the show. I saw that you put a comment in one of our videos the other day. I didn't get a reply. Strange. Um, but the offer is still there to make sure you come on one of these shows. Let's see what you're saying though, in regards to your comment. The Ramsdale situation drives me crazy. Only because of what put us in this situation was a totally clueless selling of Martinez who was our best keeper and a ridiculous amount that we got him for. Now, I think that the Martinez situation is certainly one that you can look at with the benefit of hindsight. At the time, he played, what, 12 games in the Premier League in kind of that closed period. Yes, he played more throughout the entire season and his career. But I don't think at the time, accepting a £17 million deal for a player that was effectively our backup keeper when he barely played any games, was that far-fetched, especially when you had Bird Leno already at the club. Yes, with the benefit of hindsight, it looks crazy, and I regret it, and I'd love to have seen us keep Martinez now with that benefit of hindsight. I just don't think you can call it a clueless and ridiculous decision at the time. But Misfit, maybe it's one that you can come on the show and debate me with. Let's see. Let's bring our next guest in, uh, making back-to-back performances on TGT after his appearance the other day on the Arsenal Transfer Podcast. It's Chris. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing good. And I must say, I was really impressed and a little bit jealous this morning when I saw you being in such a good shape after a wedding. I've never <laughs> been in such a good shape after a wedding. I don't know how you did it, but good job, mate. It's just It's pacing yourself. It's stretching them out. You know, it's taking regular glasses of water. All of these things. Things that, are, you know, are sensible, but a lot of people just don't follow those kind of rules. And I completely understand why, for the benefit of fun, basically. <laughs> you also have to think about it's one of those weddings where I don't know if you've been in this situation where you go to and the only people that you know is literally the bride and groom, and you know no one oh, yeah. else there. So I was in that situation, which you would think maybe would encourage you to try and put yourself in a state that you'd be more open to conversation. But I think it was more so just, you know, I'm thinking I've got an 8 a.m. show tomorrow morning and I've got to make sure I'm fit for that. So, you know, 
Prep is everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, yeah, Chris, tell us. The situation. Yeah, so, tell us um, your, your topic. Yeah, my main talking point uh, that I wanted to bring here today, um, I wanted to talk about the transfer window in general. I remember last year, uh, people like uh, Fabrizio Romano were saying that obviously the transfer window was very slow because of pandemic, but next year, next year is going to be massive. And obviously we see it's not. And now people are saying that uh, it's probably gonna be like that for a while now. Mm. They don't anticipate that it's going to change next year or even in two years. But at the same time, you have big boys like City, like Chelsea, like Paris Saint-Germain, obviously, spending massive amounts of money. So on one, on one hand, you have clubs that spend almost nothing. And on the other hand, you have clubs that spend record-breaking sums. So my question uh, to you is, do you think that in the following years, a gap between uh, clubs with rich owners who like to spend and the other clubs will grow even bigger than it is now? In short, Chris, absolutely. Um, I, 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 it's really difficult to, to come up with a different answer. The only way that that gap closes is if there are restrictions put in place to then obviously kind of limit those clubs from their spending. And we thought that was what was going to happen with FFP. And FFP, as we as was showed, with everything that was kind of revealed by Der Spiegel, that the German outlet that tried to obviously out Manchester City for a lot of things that went on behind the scenes, that crumbled, they appealed it, they got it off, they were still able to play in the Champions League, which would have been an, a massive hindrance to them going forwards if they weren't able to play in the Champions League. There was no guarantees that Kevin De Bruyne would have signed his new contract. There's no guarantees that... Well, there is a guarantee that Jack Grealish wouldn't have come because we're told yeah. by Villa's management that he would only have moved for a Champions League club. So that deal wouldn't have happened. Would Harry Kane think about moving to Manchester City without Champions League football? Arguably not. So they tried to put these restrictions in place. They tried to sanction these clubs for arguably doing and allegedly doing things they shouldn't have done. But they appealed it and they won. And it's staggering to me that we can see so much spending. I mean, Chelsea obviously had a ban for one season. Last season, they spent a ridiculous amount of money. They brought in seven players, the likes of Werner, etc., Kai Havertz, and everyone else. And this season, they're going and spending a hundred million plus or ish around that figure on Lukaku and probably on Jules Kunda as well, coming in to add even more money to that. So it's never going to stop. And these are teams, obviously, that have got big backers behind them. Chelsea themselves, though, have done very well in the sell in the sales market to move on kind of those younger players. And so you've got to give them credit. But Manchester City certainly haven't been able to do that, sell off really well. They've bought exceptionally well, but they've done that by spending big, big money. So in short, Chris, and in long, it's 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 a no. Do you personally see that changing? Do you think there is anything that can ever can be done and enforced to stop that gap from widening? Uh, I think it's going to get worse. Um, I can't see uh, how uh, PSG is able to um, to pass the regulation this year. I remember like a year and a half ago when Arteta came and we had January. We can only bring uh, players on loan because mm. uh, our um, our budget for um, for paying players is already uh, too big, so we can't pay, pay players anymore at the time. And looking at the players that uh, Paris Saint-Germain brought this summer, how can they possibly, you know, <laughs> pass the regulations and uh, do it correctly? They can't, obviously. So it's a big, big joke. Mm. So I, I think it's going to get worse because um, the pandemic hit uh, a lot of clubs, especially uh, in Europe, like you said earlier, uh, like Vinny said also in Spain, in Italy, like. Roma couldn't buy uh, granite uh, for 20 million euro, I, and he was supposedly the, uh, the the main target. 
So it might be really tough for us to sell players and for anybody else to sell players and therefore to buy players. Clubs like us that want to sell to buy is going to be really tough. That's why I, I can kind of come to terms that this transfer window is not going to be as good as I hoped it was going to be. Um, still hoping for one big transfer, and I think the other one will be a backup goalkeeper. Though I don't expect it's going to be uh, the one that we would want. I don't think it's going to be Onana. I don't even think it's going to be Ramsdale. Maybe, maybe it's going to be Freddie Woodman if they agree some kind of deal involving Willock. But then we lose Willock. So I, I, I still think we may get Madison, but it's going to be one big transfer, and that's all. It is. I mean, I'm just trying to look down kind of the history of Arsenal transfers now. And we've already spent 75 million quid, which is obviously a lot of money, especially we say for Arsenal, but we consider Arsenal across the last like 20 years as a club that still was a little bit kind of restricted with how they're spending. They haven't been over the last say, kind of half def- decade or so, and they've spent a lot of money. In fact, since Kroenke was involved with the club in 2007, they've spent nearly a billion just on uh, players coming in. So I suppose the kind of a, a myth, I guess, about Arsenal not really spending on, on players. But what I haven't done is spent kind of big figures on multiple players. We've spent £50 million on Ben White. If we were to get James Madison, you'd effectively think that's another £60 million. People want a central midfielder that would cost us probably around £30 million plus to bring in. And it's those kind of deals that add up that make, that would be kind of different for Arsenal in a window. So when I know there's a question actually in the chat box that I wanted to ask you. PJT says, how difficult is it for fans to separate Arsenal's transfer activity from other teams at the top, which is kind of around your question at the start. It's okay that fans want to be back at a greater height, but given the climate, how problematic is this? And do you think that the context is always applied that Arsenal are trying to do business in a market that, as you said earlier, is dominated by these teams with massively rich backers. And is it ever is it ever going to be possible without the Cronkies investing for us to catch those teams? Well, we've seen stories like uh, like Leicester. We've seen stories like that last year with Lille in France. So it's possible. But the question is: uh, is it long term, or is it you know once breakthrough? And then it's going to be back to regular Paris on top, you know, in here, Chelsea and City on top. And to answer the question, of course, it's it's harder for Arsenal fans to uh, separate the general activity and our activity uh, in the transfer market because we want Arsenal to do well. We want Arsenal to buy uh, the best players. So we are not really concerned about what other clubs are doing. We want us uh, to buy. But, and, and I think that uh, if the market were was more um, as it used to be, we would be able to sell a few players and then I'm sure we would uh, bring more players in as well. Um, so yeah, we have to take that into consideration. It's coming back to the point you already talked with Vinny, so I'm not going to repeat that, but yeah, it's a really, really tough market and we have to brace ourselves for a tough season, I think. Uh, we have to yeah. hope for the best, but uh, it's looking tough. It is. It is looking tough right now. You'd say going into the new season, I'm not. You know, I'm not as concerned having the team that we've got maybe against Brentford, but I would have loved to us have been a lot more prepared going into those games against Chelsea and City. It's not to downplay Brentford. I think we have enough to, to beat a Brentford side right now, but I would have loved to us have been you know much more improved on last season going into those games and losing Partey is is, is huge for those matches, which is a real shame. Uh, anyway, Chris, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time. Someone did ask, "Is your cat alive in the bottom left hand corner?" It is. Just confirm. Oh, yeah. He's very <laughs> yeah, okay. very still. I just. <laughs> 
just he watch alive. <laughs> well, he's angry with me because lately he likes to sleep on my chair here. Right. So and now you're using to... it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, now we very, have to leave. That's nice. why he is angry there. But yeah, he's <laughs> fine. So thanks again for having me. No problem. <laughs> and have no a problem, great rest I'm of sure the we'll see you again everyone. very soon. See you soon. Bye. Have a good one, mate. See you later. Massive thank you to Chris, uh, one of our fantastic members. You can find him in our Discord server if you would like to join that. And you could get the opportunity to come on the show even more regularly on our Arsenal Transfer Podcast. And as the season starts and we start doing our preview shows, we will, of course, be bringing our members once again uh, for lots of those shows too. So make sure you do join up as a member and find out. Uh, Alex McCarthy says, uh, are Arsenal waiting for near or on deadline day to do any kind of big signing? I just have a feeling the club and Amazon want to do something big for the cameras i'm not sure that's the case i think there will certainly be movement on deadline day just the way that this window is kind of working out at the moment and and that for me is i just i think it's very obvious to kind of turn around and say yes the the, the transfer market and the amazon documentary is a perfect thing to try and blow something out of proportion but i think arsenal will not want to do anything specific i actually think that arsenal are going to want to try as much as they can to come off as well as they can in the transfer window and especially specifically in the Amazon documentary. And because of that, I think they wouldn't enjoy a lot less drama. Obviously, the documentary wouldn't be as interesting, but the club will try to avoid that as much as possible, but still trying to make it as kind of, you know, exclusive and incisive and as um, kind of open as we can to, to see what goes on inside the club. But I don't necessarily think that the, the documentary is having an impact on the transfer window. But I'm not surprised, Alex, that, you, that you've asked the question because it is certainly not uh, an uncommon one or not one that's not held by a lot of people as well. So there's certainly something to that. Uh, James says, hey, Tom, I truly don't believe we'll get another central midfielder. We didn't renew Ceballos, so we brought in Lukonga. If we get Madison or Bruno Guimaraes, sell Bellerin and bring in a right back, and I'll be very happy. I mean, Madison slash Bruno is obviously two different positions, isn't it? So that, that's slightly difficult to say. I think what you're saying there about if we don't bring in another central midfielder, you'd be happy. I still think we definitely need to add one, even with Granit Xhaka staying. I just think we need to improve that quality in there. And, and it's not about blocking the path of a, a Lekonga or not thinking an Aziz is good enough to come through. It's just about adding quality where you can. That's that's the most important thing. I'd love a Madison to come in. I'd love a, a kind of an equivalent of Bernardo Silva to come in as well. But it's the Bellerin situation is just so difficult because selling these players, and we've got so many players there. If you sell Bellerin and bring in a right back, you've still got Chambers, you've still got Cedric, you've still got Maitland-Niles, you've still got players that can play at right back. And it is very kind of convoluted and congested in that right back position. So that that's kind of the situation that we find ourselves in at right back. And it is a really difficult one. Um, PAPP says, uh, would you sell Mares, uh, Gundogan instead of Bernardo and is Grealish better than them? If I was a Manchester City fan, would I sell those two over Bernardo Silva? I mean, Mares is obviously much older, so it would make more sense to move him on. Gundogan I like a lot and I think his experience, his leadership in the midfield is key for them, so I wouldn't sell him. And is Grealish better than them? I think Grealish is certainly... Uh, I think Grealish's price tag and what he's done on the pitch and for what team he's done it for shows how good he is. He comes on for England, he's a decisive figure. He's so well liked by so much of kind of even the UK and not the UK, but England specifically. Um, and I think that for me is, and everything that he's done, his chance creation stats, his dribbling statistics are insane. I think he is better than those players. And I think he improves that team, which is crazy to think that they can even sign players to improve that team and they've, they've managed it, but it's cost them hell of a lot of money um rangers did finally lose 41 games unbeaten 
you know, 49 is uh, is a very difficult uh, <laughs> number to match, and uh, and we wear that badge proudly. Uh, Manu says, uh, how do you see the striker position in the next three years? Are we going to sell Alba and Lacazette uh, and let them run it out, or rather let them run it out? I think that what we will do is this year specifically is hang on to the players that we've got. I would be surprised to see us bring in a striker this window. I think it will be one that we let kind of go until the end of this season. Lacazette's contract may just expire and we let that one run through. Aubameyang will be here, I imagine, till the end of his contract, unless something weird happens with one year left on his deal after this current season finishes. And I think we may have more options available to us then as well, considering how we might sell players, how much money is going to be available to us, where we finish in regards to the league. We could be in the Champions League. Who knows? It's very unlikely, but we could be back in Europe next season, which will obviously be one of the main targets. And I think there may be some better options at striker for us next summer than there currently is in this summer. So there you go. Anyway, we are going to bring in uh, a brand new guest and someone making their debut on the channel as well. It's Kellen. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? I'm good, man. I'm doing well. Fantastic stuff. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show, mate. Tell the listeners what topic it is you're desperate to discuss. I really wanted to talk about the um, Charles Watts article about mm. sort of Arsenal's um, sort of stall in the in the transfer market. So he, the main thing that came out of it sort of was this this quote from within the club that said. Uh, that basically the Arsenal want to have patience, like they want patience from the fans. They want us to become a little bit, um, you know, stop kind of come back from the ledge. We're okay. Like we're that the idea, sort of the idea that judges at the end of the window, we're okay. And that was like the big quote. Was judges yeah, I mean, I can read it for you. It says, sources at the club continue to plead for patience from fans arguing, and in quotes, judge us at the end of the window is what Charles Watts' article says. So, yeah. Right. And sort of the thing that I that I started thinking about over the last sort of week after this has come out was I don't know whether it's the idea that we might be that that's that sort of indicates that there might be a little bit of panic, like they're feeling the pressure. Mm. They might be feeling a little bit on the hot seat, in which case I, that's not something I want to see. I don't I don't want that to be in the club, you know, putting out there that you know, we were, or even under that kind of feeling, you know, because I don't, I don't think that many clubs and many organizations make good decisions under pressure. That's just not really a place to do or a place to be. So um, I really was wondering if you see it more as that, or as that, or more so that they're on, more on the patient side and that they think, yeah, the market's going to open up at the end and that we might be a little too patient on that idea of, Hey, it'll all it'll all work out in the end because we yeah. have been the club that's sort of been too patient with with things. I mean, you look at the Eddie and Kedia situation, um, sort of the Reese Nelson situation, where we've yeah. we've had the opportunity the the Reese or the um, the Ainsley Maitland situation. We've had the opportunity to do something, and yeah. we haven't really seen that you know that sort of edge, that ruthlessness to to sort of make that decision. And they're like, well, it'll. I don't know if it's necessarily indecision. I think it's more they think that you know that value will be there later or mm. that that value will increase later um so i guess i wanted to know your thoughts whether you you see it more as a oh we might, yeah, we might 
Yeah. It's a really good point, to be fair. I mean, it's uh, if you haven't, guys, I have left a link to the the article in the description. So please make sure you go and check out and give Charles Watts his piece to read because it is really good. And and when Kellen, like, I read that quote about kind of asking us for patience and to judge us at the end of the window, it's it's very stereotypical of Arsenal. I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said like we Arsenal and patience are two words that go together, and we feel as fans that we've been patient for so so long. And there's an element of sympathy that I have because the regimes are changing. We've gone from Wenger to Emery to Arteta and we've changed massively at the top of the executive level with kind of Gazidis leaving and Vinay coming in and Raul leaving and Edu coming in, Sven Mislintat joining and leaving. There's been lots of change. But at the end of the day is during that entire period, we've still gone backwards. And if there's right. one thing that the reason why we've gone backwards, Kellen, is because of recruitment and, it's, and in both directions, both buying and selling. And we haven't been urgent enough at times or we haven't identified areas that we've needed to improve quickly enough and we haven't acted upon it quickly enough. It took until last summer for us to sign a good centre-back and a good centre-midfielder. <laughs> Things that we've needed for 10 years <laughs> at the club, like desperately. Uh. So I do think that the club are kind of peddling a bit of a media friendly try and calm the, the the crowd down a little bit with that line and with that quote and to say judge us at the end of the window sure but the end of the window is a little bit too late as arsenal kind of already has been oh yeah and you you pointed out um when you were talking with Ars blog um that it seems more so and this is where i kind of got the idea of they might be feeling the pressure a little bit yeah. um and why that might, might have put that out because when you talk to you, when you talk to our blog, you pointed out that there's a lot that we're putting off to the lot to the end. I mean, it'd be different when we're when we're talking about sort of a busy end to the window. I normally think of maybe maybe two outgoings, maybe one or two incomings. I mean, that's yeah. that's maybe max three three to four deals, right? Sure. We're talking about possibly having we want maybe four or five outgoings, and we want like to have at least two incomings. Um, with you know a goalkeeper and an attacking mid, as you know, most people have brought, brought up, but that's that's six to seven deals that you have that you're putting off to the last two weeks, and I, I feel like that's that's a lot to do. And I mean, not not just a normal lot to do, that's a lot to do. And I and I wanted to get your perspective just because you know I came out today was the whole the whole thing with Edu, you know, being on vacation. Hmm. Does it seem? I, I, I know that he can. I know that you can do you know stuff from everywhere. But yeah. does that does that give you any sort of angst, uh, any sort of anxiety that mm. this you know that they may that they may be too patient that there may be a little bit of a sense of like, don't worry, we're we're fine, we're gonna do it. We'll we'll get done at the end while you know the room's burning around. I don't know if you. Yeah, you know, no, the, I know the, the best. Yeah. The, the, the best one is the um, the, the Ralph from the Simpsons sit on the back of the bus, sitting there going, "I'm in danger." That's, <laughs> that's how Arsenal feels right now. Oh, yeah. um, but I know exactly what you mean in regards to kind of the Edu thing, and and then I'll come on to kind of the the whole. I'll be leaving it too late. Um, <laughs> I do originally did that holiday. I think it was. I might be wrong. I think it was like Mallorca or something, and he went away, and mm -hmm. there was a video of him on a jet ski and something like that. And at the time, yeah. that was kind of early on in the window, and I was sitting there and going, you know, I'm not going to get angry about that. It's just it's. It's really nothing. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we've got this amazing thing called WhatsApp, which is where a lot of transfer deals actually genuinely do get done on, on WhatsApp. And a lot of the talks go on sure. behind the scenes on, on that app. So th there is that. But 
Even I, seeing another picture on holiday, my reaction was, oh, come on, man. Like, I've defended you. What are you doing? <laughs> that was very much my opinion at that time. And I was a, a little bit kind of, yeah, I'm not going to say anything on this right now. I'm going to bring this up because it is going right. to be thrown in my face. And it was a real... So thanks, Keller, for bringing it up. Fantastic. Um, but <laughs> but um, no, it's, it's, it is worthy of pointing out. And I do think maybe it's, it's, it's ill-advised to be posting if you want to go on holiday sure like whatever right. keep it under wraps like don't right. post it like that's that is a little bit going you know you're tempting fate and you are kind of poker beast of the arsenal fan base but in regards to kind of how much we've got to do yes there's loads there's like and the enketia thing with the injury that's come out today i think pretty much rules out maybe a departure we yeah, know that, that really players hurts. can be signed that are injured we did it with kieran tierney we did it with famously kim kalstrom and players oh can move on that are injured but I think that will have a big damaging impact on on the the, the likelihood of, of Nketiah moving on this window, which is really difficult yeah. because he has a year left on his deal. And, and that's right. really tricky. In regards to kind of other players, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, my feeling is that he will stay. I think he will remain at the club this season. I, agree. I just don't think they're going to get the figure that they want for him. And I don't think Leicester are going to accept him as part of that Madison deal. I could be wrong, but I just I don't think. Joe Willock, I think he's going to go. I, yeah. I, my growing feeling on that is that eventually the club will will bend to Newcastle's will and their realisation that they're struggling to sell players will force their hand and they will sell Joe Willock and they'll get a 20-ish million pound fee for the guy, which is is fine if we sign someone, but it's not fine if he goes and we do nothing and we're left wondering what we could have had, especially if he goes off and does what he did uh, oh, at the end of last season, which would be an absolute killer. Reese Nelson, I think, will also go. I think we'll get rid of him. Kalasnach, I think, will terminate. But yeah, we've got a lot to do. And I, I kind of predicted, I think, maybe three more signings will be made of varying levels of kind of, you know, of uh, marquee-ness, if you want to call it that. Um, but yeah, I, you're, you hit the nail on the head with everything you said, Kellen, and, and they were good questions. And I think the questions that everyone is is really kind of, concerned about right now and all we can do is is listen to those words that you said that the club have used and judge them at the end of the window because that's, that's yeah. all we can do as fans and it is frustrating but yeah it is what it is anyway any closing thoughts from yourself on any of the topics that we discussed uh just one thing i sort of want to leave and i hope you talk a little bit because i know you've been mm -hmm. touching on it periodically throughout the show is sort of this theme of we were going to be ruthless and this is something that yeah. i you know arteta said that's at the beginning nice. of the of the of the transfer window. And I think that people have been like, well, that applies to this transfer window. When, if I remember correctly, Arteta said that on day one. So, mm -hmm. I, and I haven't, I've, I've had trouble seeing that with guys like Reese Nelson, Eddie and Kedia, you know, I think both of them should have either went on loan or been sold in January. Yeah. And I feel like we probably should have had some ruthlessness with, you know, with Ainsley Maitland Isles last year or with, Alex Locke said a year ago, you know, yeah. I, I just want to know these sort of your closing uh, or your sort of closing ideas on that ruthlessness and where we should judge that or how, you know, what we should be thinking. Ooh. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I mean, we we judge it based on what we do. We judge it, and ironically, I use the phrase again, we judge it at the end of the window because there's no point <laughs> me sitting here now and, and putting out a conclusion and saying, look, this window is a failure right now. I can't I can't do that legitimately because there's still time for things to change and it would be premature to do that. There is oh, an yeah. argument that some people would say, look, the, the season starts on Friday and we've not signed all those positions that we needed to. It is yeah. a failure. Um, and I, but I'm saying is it... Fair. Is it more fair to judge them? I'm, I'm talking more so over the life of the last, you know, year, eight, sure. what, 18 months. 
is it fair to say that we, you know, what are your thoughts that, do you think we have been ruthless or do you think that that sort of just was one of those things that we like to hear, but we didn't, it's, it's a lot harder to do in practice and they didn't realize that. I think they've been ruthless inconsistently is probably the best way to put it. Um, <laughs> I like because it. I can't sit here and say they haven't been ruthless with everything because I think right. with Genduzi, they've been ruthless. I mean, Arteta has been very ruthless with that. I think with Saliba, whether we like how they've done it or not, they've been ruthless with Saliba. Um, not enough that they forced him to go to an English club. He still managed <laughs> to go where he wanted. Um, yeah. But they haven't been ruthless in the market. Like they, they haven't... Um, they haven't committed to buying players that maybe they could have done. And yes, sure, we can argue that because we haven't been able to move players on as much as we'd like. Maybe that's hampered them a bit or because of the, the pandemic being here and that affecting how we were able to sell players. But um, with players like Kalasnatra of a year left and Ketty, who has a year left, Reese Nelson, who's got two years left, Genduzi, who had a year left, Lacazette, who's got a year left, I feel like there could have been decisions made on those players earlier. I think there are others that are trickier, like Ainsley Maitland-Niles. That's a trickier situation. Joe Willock's mm -hmm. trickier as well because of, the interest, but there's the confliction of how good is he? Is it worth keeping him? There's there's situations that breed um, indecision and mean that that ruthless word goes out the window, frankly. But the answer is, if you were to say, I'm going to evaluate all these points and come to a conclusion about whether Arsenal have been ruthless overall, whilst there have been moments of ruthlessness, I don't think there's been enough to say the club are moving in a proactive direction to really change their fortunes for the better. Um, so that's probably where I would, would lie. But I know that's I'm still with a little bit of my ass on the fence, but uh, it's, it's tricky to... It's <laughs> no, tricky that's, to, that's a much better yeah. answer than I was hoping for. So. Oh, brilliant. That, that, I don't know what that says about me, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good, mate. Absolute brilliant debut, Kellen. You got a lot of love in the chat boxes I saw as well. So um really appreciate you jumping on and uh and throwing that forwards. And the article as well is a fantastic highlight too. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. No worries. I'm sure we'll see you back again very soon, I'm sure. Have a good one, Kellen. Have a good one. You too, mate. See you later. Have a good one. I've said have a good one like five times now. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you get obsessed around saying like, I used to do it on the start of the channel with the words and whatnot. I have some people comment leaving, why are you saying and whatnot over and over again? But there you go. Anyway, we've got um, nine or so minutes left of the hour show. And so we do have an opportunity to answer some of your questions. I did see a super chat from Richard K in the chat box. Thank you for so much, Richard, for your kind donation. Uh, Richard says, Arsenal should sell Chambers, Bellerin, Elneny, Holding and Nelson and bring in Loftus-Cheek. Uh, Milivojevic. Uh, my, uh, is that... Oh, what's his name? Is it Milivojevic or something like that? I know what you mean. It's the penalty taker. I think he's Serbian international uh, for Crystal Palace. Um, unless you mean Milinkovic-Savic. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, people. Um, so it could be from Palace. Swap Immobile for Immobile for Lacazette. Wow, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Bring in Walker-Peters, um, former Spurs player, of course, from Southampton. And McGinn from Aston Villa and Danny Olmo as the number 10. Richard, I mean, you've, you've described um, kind of a FIFA player's fantasy almost there. And I, I mean that in the kindest way possible. That There is a lot of players that you've mentioned there. And I think that to expect that amount of turnover with time remaining is a, is fanciful. I do take certain some of those players as, as good options. I think I, I appreciate, despite him being formerly off Spurs, Carl Walker-Peters is a very capable right-back and someone that's not really been suggested by too many people. And I think he's a, certainly a, an underrated option that you've shouted out there. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, 
I'm not quite sure on him. I'm not sure if he's any better than, say, a Lokonga that we've brought in. And I'd like to find like a middle ground between a Thomas Partey and a Lokonga and as close to Thomas Partey as we can in regards to quality. And I think a Bruno Gimaraes would give us that much more than a, a Ruben Loftus-Cheek. But I appreciate the shout. Uh, Amahailovic from... Uh, or is it Milivojevic? I think that's how you say it. Milivojevic, anyway, um, from Crystal Palace. Uh, I don't genuinely know too much about him besides his penalty-taking skills and his leadership skills for, for Palace. I'm not sure if that's the level of player that we should be looking at, but I may be being a little bit ignorant of, of how good he's been for them. But again, I can't comment too greatly. Immobile is an interesting one. I think maybe the age profile is slightly off um, for a striker. Um, but I appreciate the, the, the John McGinn shout, but he has just joined... Uh, Rather, he has just signed a new contract with Villa that's, that's very much a long-term one. So I doubt that you'd be able to, to get him in. So there you go. Um, but thank you, Richard, for the, for the donation and the question. We have got five more minutes, so keep throwing those questions in as best we can. Another super chat from Mr. Joe Kerr. Thank you ever so much, mate. Really appreciate your support and your presence in the Discord server, as always. Uh, do you feel the problem shifting players will lead to a vital revision to our wages policy and structure going forwards. Our wage structure is a very delicate situation. You've got Abamyang on an Ozil-style contract now. You've got Lacazette, who doesn't quite break through that £200,000 per week barrier. You've just signed up Ben White to a what we believe to be £100,000 per week plus kind of wage. Granite Xhaka's getting an incremental increase on his wage. Thomas Partey's on a very good wage. You've got players like Kalasinac who aren't playing on 100 grand plus per week. You've just signed up Emil Smith-Rowe to a figure to what we believe is reported at around £80,000 per week, and he's still obviously only 21. You've got uh, Bakaya Saka, Gabriel Martinelli having just signed new contracts, still on fairly good wages and certainly down the kind of the right route as I thought we should have looked for their wages at that age and output. Nicolas Pepe is on a very good wage having signed for a club record fee. Do I think we will revise our wage structure? Joe, I think there's so much going on in regards to just actually shifting the deadwood that <laughs> thinking about the wage structure may make some heads explode with the amount of stuff that we've got going on at the club. Is it a problem? I think it is a problem whilst you've got players on £300,000 plus per week. I don't think that Arsenal are in a position as a club that they can afford to be putting players on that kind of wage when you are seeing nothing like the output of other teams like Man City, Man United and Chelsea, who do have players on similar wages, but are winning Champions Leagues, getting in the Champions League for starters, winning Premier Leagues, etc. So... That's the first thing I would absolutely throw out as soon as possible is paying players that amount of money because if anything, all it does is it makes players aspire to try and earn that much and ask for that much. Because if you look at Aubameyang's output last season, Nicolas Pepe, who had a better season than Aubameyang, would turn around and say, look, hey, why am I not on that? I'm doing more than this guy. And you need to kind of eradicate that situation. So it's, it's so much that needs to think about. It's a very good question. It's certainly a wages. It's something that Arsenal need to focus on and had a very good kind of a lid on it under Wenger besides the last contract for Ozil. But it is a situation that is a bit of a, a train on a downward slope and you can't let it run away from you. But I think there's a lot more in terms of a priority of moving that deadwood out first and not allowing us to sign players onto that £300,000 plus per week deal um, before we worry about a whole restructuring of, of that wage style thing. But I hope you appreciate the answer. Um, Vinny, uh, thank you so much, of course, for joining us earlier on in the show and appreciate your questions and support as always. Uh, do you think Messi will leave Barca or do you think it's just posturing? Um, 
he looks ever so close to a PSG deal at this stage. I have said time after time, it would not surprise me if he stays with Barca still. It does seem like a little bit of a power play that could end up backfiring for Barca and Messi if he does indeed sign for for uh, PSG. By the way, some of the slander of, of Liga based upon the, the Messi deal is utterly ridiculous. The hyperbole that's being used to describe that league is frankly ridiculous considering the team he's signing for didn't even win the league last season. <laughs> it's, it's quite staggering and how much Liga improves. And also Jeremy Smith raised a great point to me, the fact that look, Everyone wants to sign players from Liga. It can't be that bad of a league <laughs> if, if so many players from there are being coveted by so many clubs. Um, so there is that to factor into. I think that's uh, frankly a joke. And I think that Messi would do uh, would be interesting in Liga, especially a more physical league than La Liga and a much closer kind of comparison in regards to physicality to the Premier League. So how he gets on will certainly be interesting if he does go there. But my prediction is that I think now I lean more towards him going but there's always the possibility in my mind that he will end up staying once again with Barcelona. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's scroll up and see some questions that I may have missed from early on. King says, Tom, how hard is it to balance your full-time job with YouTube and private life? Thank you, King, for the personal question. I'm joking. I don't mind answering questions of that nature. Um, it's not that hard. Uh, it's not that hard. I say not that hard. I am changing. I'm in the middle of changing jobs. So I don't know what the next phase of my life is going to be and how juggling this with private life and, and being in London for some of my job as well. I don't know how that's going to affect things. And I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited for the change. I'm excited to where this is going to go. I think we're going to do some great things with football.london and reach uh, with this new fan brand. See, I should, I should clarify, this is very much a reach project. It's not a football.london project, although there is an association there from reach being connected with or owning football.london. So there is that. So to make that clear, but this is very much a reach fan brands team that we're putting together. And I'm very excited about where we're going to go with it. I can't say too much about it, but I'm very excited about where it's going to go. I think there's some great people like Chris Davison that you obviously know, uh, some other people joining the team that you may be aware of as well. And you obviously know people who work uh, at football.london as well, very well too. So I'm excited about it, how that's going to affect TGT. We will wait and see. Uh, we will wait and see for how that affects things. I hope it doesn't affect kind of, I hope, I have no doubt I'm still doing the channel. The channel's not going anywhere. But there will be some significant changes about when certain shows are going to be, when they can be. And in regards to kind of how I balance it, at the end of the day, one of my favorite YouTubers is Casey Neistat. And watching kind of his stuff and the way that he talks about work, and the fact if you're not working, you're not really progressing. And if you're not doing something, you're not really progressing. And I think there's important things that you should spend time with your family. But I often find myself getting quite bored with my free time. Um, I used to really be into gaming. I'm, I'm less and less into it now. I don't really play FIFA. In fact, I, I deleted it and I re-downloaded it so I could play in the Gunas versus Cancer charity tournament, uh, which is still going. Won my group stage games, all six of them. So uh, hopefully things go well in the knockout rounds. Amazing. It's like riding a bike. You delete the game, you re-download it, you win six in a row. It's just it's like riding a bike. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting, King, to, to see how things change with the new job and, and with how things go um, but we'll wait and see uh, how things do go uh, dark aspects says need 4k streams top uh, this camera is 4k um it's just my the because we do these shows live and because they're not really pre-recorded annoyingly and i don't know it's probably because of the internet i don't know what it is we are getting kind of fiber installed in my area so hopefully that will improve things a lot 
Um, but yeah, because it's a live show, unfortunately, it's annoying that it doesn't stream fully. And I am wired internet. I'm not on the Wi-Fi. We dug out the entire hole in the wall to make it wired internet. And it's still, you know, not perfect. But uh, but yeah, well, hopefully we can get you guys some 4K and, and maybe that's something that we will invest in uh, with some 4K camera equipment. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I appreciate the uh, the feedback. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm now going to go and watch the the rest of the Community Shields. Uh, if that's what it's still, Charity Shield, Community Shield, whatever it's called. We're going to go and watch that. Of course, we are the holders, so we are about to see it taken away from us. Um, but uh, certainly interesting to see what happens in that game and where that goes. I'm not going to say anything about the result because you know, those watching live or those watching on catch up will know a lot more than me. Please, please do drop a like on the video, guys. And also, as we mentioned already, our, our sponsor for uh, the shows over the next forthcoming week or so is uh, Pick Your Team from the Arsenal Review. Make sure you do indeed go and check it out and uh, predict your team. Out of the season, you could be in with winning £1,000. It's free to play. And all you need to do is try and guess Arteta's team every single week for every single game and you could be in for some great prizes and we're going to be using this of course with our preview shows throughout the season as well to try and predict what Mikel Arteta may end up doing for the season link is in the description for that so make sure you have a go and check it out sign up and uh, help support the channel if you would like to and you can of course vote for us in the FBA FCAs I keep calling it the FBAs because it used to be called that but it's the FCAs so make sure you go vote for us information is scrolling across the bottom of your screen now and you can find more if you do not have Twitter with the links in the description. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, people. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for the 8am transfer update show. Have an absolutely fantastic evening and uh, there may be no Love Island tonight, but uh, I'll be back tomorrow. So uh, 9am's are back and saved after a Saturday. I know Vinny will appreciate that one. See you guys very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.